Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay. This is the program three times a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, where we examine the world of international football. And to start out the program today, well, it would be appropriate to start out with the Ballon d'Or awards that were handed out. And no surprise, Lionel Messi once again steps up, collects number six in his career. He is just an amazing player collecting all these awards. Let's just run a few stats by you that will make you just uh, drop your jaw and just wonder how, how this guy does it. He has to be from another planet. 34 hat tricks in La Liga in his career. 34 hat tricks. In 54 games so far this year, he's got 46 goals and 17 assists. With Barcelona alone this year, 41 games, he's got 44 goals and 15 assists. And the list just goes on and on and on regarding his uh, accomplishments. So Ballon d'Or number six goes to Lionel Messi this year. Just an amazing player, and he looks like uh, may go on for another couple of years. Of course, Barcelona is kind of shuddering at the thought of his retirement. I'm sure they're going to try to keep him going as long as possible, and I'm sure they're going to make him a permanent member of the Barcelona staff once he decides not to play. On the female side, of course, no surprise, Megan Rapone from the United States national women's team. She collected another Ballon d'Or. She's an amazing player as well. Great midfield uh, vision, great midfield movement with the ball, and knows how to score as well. Congratulations to Messi, Lionel Messi, and Megan Rapone on their Ballon d'Or awards. Okay, moving on to the Mexico playoffs. Uh, Their league now is starting that. And uh, we had some games the other day that uh, decided who was going to move on. Uh, Leon and Monarcas. Of course, Monarcas plays out of Morelia. And uh, on Wednesday, the 27th, Leon and Monarcas played in Leon in their first game, and they tied at 3-3. Also, Santos and Rayados were drawn together, Santos winning the the, uh, Mexican League and Rayados coming in in eighth place, the Monterey team uh, hosting that first game at Monterey. And boy, did they take advantage of the situation, the Rayados taking care of Santos 5-2 in that first game. Of course, it's a two-game aggregate, these playoffs. And so uh, Santos was hoping maybe they could uh, get Rayados maybe later on in their stadium in Torreon and score three goals and not allow them any. And with the two away goals, they would have uh, gone on. However, it did not work out like that. We'll get to that in a minute. Querétaro hosted their first game against Nacaxa. Of course, Nacaxa plays out of Aguas Calientes. Querétaro, however, got shut out 3-0. And Tigres uh, played at, at America in Aztec Stadium. Tigres winning that game. Two to one. Then they came back for the return round. Monarchus won two to one over Leon, so Monarchus moves on to the next round. Nicaxa uh, came back, or rather, uh, continued their uh, dominance of Caretero, and so Nicaxa won that three to two in that game, so they moved on uh, with the aggregate. Rayados was able to maintain a tie in Torreon, one one with Santos. So Rayados moves on, knocks off the top leader in the uh, Mexican division, and uh, Rayados will move on in the round against Nacaxa. America was able to uh, maintain their dominance at Tigres in uh, in uh, Monterrey, and so America and Minarcas will meet in the next round. Those games are coming up, so this is the schedule now for the next round of the Mexican playoffs. Monterrey will host Nacaxa on Wednesday, and on Thursday, Morelia will host America. 
Then on Saturday, Nacaxa in Aguas Calientes is going to host Monterrey, and America will host Morelia at the Azteca on Sunday. Of course, when we say Monterrey, we mean Rayados. So once again, it's Monterrey, Nacaxa, Morelia, and America. Those are the uh, semifinals going on. Then, of course, the winners of those two games, uh, two series, will meet for an uh, aggregate home-and-home home series to determine who will win the clausura of the Mexican League Championship. Then the Euro draw. Well, this brought some uh, size gaps and otherwise surprises as the Euro draw was held uh, the other day. It was held in Bucharest, Romania, and there were some surprises that came out indeed. So let's go over the groups uh, kind of in detail and figure out who maybe is going to go ahead and get into that uh, precious round of 16. In Group A, they drew Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, and Wales. Now, on paper, and when you listen to that, you're going to think, oh, my goodness. Now, wait a minute. This is some teams here with some various types of styles. That's correct. But the Italians took their division, took their group in the last round, and did not have a defeat. And they came out looking real well with Finland. However, the Italians are a fickle team. Have the Italians put that fickleness behind them? That's the big question. Is Italy for real? Well, we're going to find out here when this group, because you've got Switzerland, who likes to pack in the middle. Switzerland, though, has developed over the years to become a more offensive-minded team. It used to be they would just go on the pitch and play for a tie. But now they've decided that they can actually make some goals through counterattacks. So the Swiss have some good midfield uh, players, and they could make uh, life miserable for the Italians as well as the Turks. The Turks are very fast, although a bit disorganized at times. I don't see Turkey getting through this group. Wales. Now, this is the wild card in this group. The Welsh have played very well. Of course, they've got Gareth Bale, and he's a very good player. The Welsh have shown some real patience, some real discipline, and some real good, smart football coming into the offensive zone. So I'm picking Italy and Wales to come out of this group. The way I'm looking at it is Wales could probably beat Switzerland in Cardiff. The Welsh people are really excited about this. They've got a lot of momentum and enthusiasm going. So I think the Welsh will come in second place in Group A. Italy will win the group. Switzerland will be kind of odd man out, unfortunately. I don't think the Swiss can beat Italy in Italy. Going on to Group B, Belgium, Russia, Denmark, and Finland. Mm. Well, the Belgians and the Russians were just absolutely awesome in the group stage. And so Belgium and Russia are looking pretty good in that group. The Danish are strong, but the Danish still lack some tactical ability and technical knowledge to go up onto a level of, say, a Russia. The Finns, I'm really happy for them. They got out of that group stage, and now they're into this, uh, this part of the Euro. But I don't, see them, I don't see them going up against a Russia team, for example, and making any kind of a dent. Uh, Belgium, very, very tactically sound, great midfield, and the Finns are going to have their work cut out for them, especially in Brussels when they play the Belgians. So I see Belgium coming out of uh, Group B winning that group, and Russia in second place. Denmark will probably be a close third, and the Finns, Finns are going to give it all they got, but uh, I just don't think they're going to make it up to that second spot where they would need to be there to, in order to get out of the group. Group C, Ukraine, Holland, Austria, and then the winner 
of one of the paths for a playoff uh, team, either Georgia, Belarus, North Macedonia, or Kosovo. Well, the Ukraines played really hard uh, in the group stage, and they didn't have a loss. The Dutch are looking good as they start moving through uh, the Euro stages, and they are beginning to show more creative Dutch football like they used to do in the past. So in this group, I see Ukraine and Holland coming out with Ukraine winning the group. The Austrians, they're tough, they're hard, they work hard. They have a good uh, midfield to move the ball, but I don't see them scoring a lot of goals. That's going to hurt them. So I see, um, I see Ukraine winning the group, the Dutch coming in second. Whoever that fourth team is, either Georgia, Belarus, North Macedonia, or Kosovo, unfortunately, I think they're going to be whipping boys uh, for the other three teams in the group. Group D, England, Croatia, Czech Republic, and then either Norway, uh, Serbia, Scotland, or Israel. The English are playing good football, hands down. They have just improved their game tremendously. They're playing discipline. They're moving the ball through the midfield very well. They're smart, and they're seeing the, the, the uh, open man off the ball very, very well. I see England winning the group. However, I see the Czech Republic right on their heels. The Czech Republic will probably come in second in the group. Croatia is a very, very good team. I don't want to count them out, but I think if it came down between the Czech Republic and Croatia, looking at the Czech Republic playing some smarter football, um, I think England uh, will win the group. Czech Republic will take second. Croatia will be a very close, close third. Unfortunately, either Norway, Serbia, Scotland, or Israel is not going to be able to keep up with those three teams. Group E, Spain, Poland, Sweden, and either Bosnia, Northern Ireland, Ireland, or Slovakia. The Spanish are really, really good. No questions asked. That is a statement. It is fact, and it's going to be something to watch because the Spanish, the Spanish are just amazing. So they won their uh, group in the group stage very, very handily. They're going to win that group. The Poles are playing good football. They play clean football, they play smart football, and they know how to play aggressive football. So I think the Poles will be in second place. The Swedes, yeah, they've got Ibrahimovic, that's fine, but they don't have the personnel surrounding him in order to give him the support that he needs. So I see uh, Spain winning Group B and then Poland coming in second. Group F, Germany, France, Portugal, need I say more? And then the fourth team is either going to be Bulgaria, Hungary, Iceland, or Romania. This is the group of death. And when you hear those three names of Germany, France, and Portugal, of course, you're going to go, oh my goodness, because those are three big, big teams. However, the French have shown they've got some young talent. And all I got to say is Mbappe. He is an amazing player. He is for real. He showed his stuff in the World Cup. It was absolutely jaw-dropping. I like the way he plays. He's smart. He's fast. He can pass the ball. And that one run he made during the final, that was about 65 yards right up the middle of the field, just stunned everybody. He is an amazing footballer. I like the way he goes. The French are around him. They've got the personnel to support him. I see France winning the group now, second place. Does Joachim Lowe have the talent on the German bench in order to keep up with Portugal? The Portuguese are hungry. The Portuguese want to make a good showing. 
Of course, they've got Cristiano Ronaldo on their team. He can hit a set piece from just about anywhere. This is going to be a toss-up almost. I'm going to go with Portugal, France winning the group. The Germans will probably miss coming out of the group by a point. Uh, I just I just hope that uh, Lowe is getting uh, maybe the, some players some time in this um, in this tournament in order to get ready for the World Cup uh, that comes uh, next. So I see France winning, Portugal second, the Germans coming in a close third. Either Bulgaria, Hungary, Iceland, or Romania, whoever brings up the bottom of the group is going to stay, unfortunately, at the bottom. Let me say a word about the Hungarians. They played very well against Wales in that final game where Wales came out in second place. But the Hungarians just need to get their strategy a little bit more refined. They, they move well, but the ball movement in the midfield is somewhat helter-skelter. Uh, hopefully they can address that, maybe work on that during this tournament, and then come out a little bit better when it comes to World Cup qualifying. Iceland, never count them out. They're always in shape, always good. They will run you out of the stadium. But the Icelanders just need to work on their strategy more and get, re- get it uh, kind of tweaked into the point where they can move the ball into the attack zone with a little more cleanliness. The Romanians play hard, but I don't see them uh, giving any, uh, any of the Germans, French, or the Portuguese any kind of game. And the Bulgarians, again, they play hard. They have a lot of heart. They play hard again, but I just don't see them on the same level. So France winning Group F, Portugal in second place, and Germany in third, unfortunately, about a point behind. That's the way I'm picking them at this point for Euro 2020. Of course, we'll have those uh, four teams decided on in March. It'll be interesting to see what teams come out of those four path uh, playoffs to go into these different groups. I don't see any of the teams in those playoffs making a difference in any of the groups, uh, especially in Group C, where you've got Georgia, Belarus, North Macedonia, and Kosovo. Those teams are they're good teams. They play hard, but I just don't see their ability and their technical uh, intelligence on the field as being someone that could take on, say, a Ukraine or a, or a Holland. So, um, again, uh, it, it is a pretty interesting draw for the Euro 2020. That, uh, that stuff will start in... Uh, in summertime there of 2020. Okay, moving on, we had some uh, we had some league action around Europe that went on, and so we're going to get to that. Now, the first thing we want to talk about is back on Sunday, remember we said that Monaco and PSG, the classic that they always play in France, was postponed on the 14th. And the reason it was postponed was because southeastern France got deluged with heavy, heavy rain. And the poor uh, Principality of Monaco was basically underwater when game time arrived. So they had to postpone the game. No makeup date has been set yet, but as soon as we hear about it, we'll let you know. Just to show you how bad the rain was in Monaco, they had 20,000 insurance claims because of the flooding. And for something, uh, for a place that's as small as Monaco, that's a lot of uh, insurance claims. So again, Monaco and PSG was canceled on Sunday because of weather, heavy rains. Uh, No makeup date has been set at this point. Now, on Monday, we had a game in uh, Serie A. Cagliari hosted Sampdoria. And the reason this game was kind of interesting is because, I don't know if you've been following Serie A at all, 
but Cagliotti is having a very, very good year. As a matter of fact, they currently sit nine points from the top. This is Cagliotti, who usually is in the middle of the table by the end of the year. This year, they're putting it all together. Now, if you're not familiar with the team from Cagliotti, they play in probably one of the nicest places in the world. I mean, the stadium sits right on the ocean. They play in Sardinia. And their coach is Rolando Moran, who has, uh, to say the least, been around. He's had eight coaching positions. That's right, eight since 2002. So he's been on the move. But apparently he's gotten the, uh, the formula and the equation right in Cagliari. Cagliari hosted Sampdoria on Monday, and Cagliari came away with a 4-3 win. Now, Sampdoria is not too high in the table. So in order to give up three goals to them, that's, that may be something the coach may want to address. You don't want to give up three goals to a visiting team who is below you, but you know, somewhat below you uh, in the standings. So, uh, again, kind of interesting to watch Cagliotti to see what they can do. Of course, Juventus is at the top of the Serie A. Juventus having a great year. They always do. And there's some teams chasing them, Cagliotti being one of them. Watch out for them as the season progresses toward the end. Now, on Cagliotti, you've got a couple of Brazilians who are making, uh, making in the uh, situation very good there. You've got uh, Joao Pedro, who is an excellent midfielder. Now, Many of you may not have heard of Joao Pedro. Again, he's a Brazilian midfielder, and he's kind of on the maybe the second team as far as the national team is concerned. And to watch this guy play, and then you wonder, he's only on the second team for the national team? <laughs> that shows you what kind of talent there is in Brazil. Also, they've got goaltender Rafael playing at uh, Cagliari, and Rafael's a good, good keeper. So those two Brazilians are contributing. Now, you've also got Luca Pellegrini, playing and defense, and he's on loan from Juventus to Cagliari. Luca Pellegrini is a very smart defender. He knows how to get the ball out. He knows how to keep the ball from trouble, and he is somebody who can anchor a defense with no problem. You've also got Lucas Castro from Argentina, who is a solid, smart player and an excellent passer. So with just those uh, players contributing at Cagliari, this is why Cagliari is finding themselves battling toward the top of Serie A. In the Bundesliga, it was Mainz 2, Eintracht Frankfurt 1. Frankfurt was on the road, and, you know, Frankfurt has got to be uh, a little more careful about playing on the road, and they've got to get some wins because right now they're, um, they're clinging to 10th place in the Bundesliga. They're kind of in the middle of the table, but they're in a very precarious position because Mainz, who took the win, is just now two points behind them. And there's about four teams bunched around the 10th position there in the Bundesliga. And you've got some teams that are all together there. And Eintracht Frankfurt has got to put together a couple of victories on the road in order to make themselves a little more uh, prominent. On Tuesday, uh, we had some results from the EPL. Crystal Palace was at home against Burnmouth, and they shut out Burnmouth 1-0. Man City was on the road. They went to Burnley took care of business like they're supposed to. They won 4-1. to one. In Ligue 1 of France, you had Bordeaux at home against Nîmes. And boy, Bordeaux did not hold back at all. 6-0 was the final there, taking on Nîmes very easily. Angers was at home against Marseille. Marseille came in and did what they had to do, came away with a 2-0 victory. Brest was at home against Strasbourg. 
and Brest took care of business, to say the least. Brest 5, Strasbourg nothing. And Lille traveled to Lyon. Lyon should be better, playing better at home. Lille won 1-0 at Lyon. Then on Wednesday, uh, the EPL schedule looks like this. <laughs> in kind of an interesting situation, you've got Man United hosting Tottenham Hotspur. Now, why is that interesting? Well, Tottenham just hired Jorge Mourinho. Uh, and Mourinho, of course, coached for several years at Manchester United. He says he likes going back to Old Trafford. He enjoys coaching there. We'll see how the fans react. But uh, again, you've got Tottenham playing at Man U on Wednesday in the EPL. Be interesting to see what happens there. The Foxes, Leicester City, are going to host Watford. Of course, Watford's got an interim coach right now. The Wolves are hosting West Ham, so the Hammers will play the Wolves. That'll be an interesting matchup for sure. You got Chelsea hosting Aston Villa. Norwich is on the road. They're going to go to Southampton. And then Everton will be traveling to Liverpool. And Everton's going to have a very tough time there because Liverpool is playing some great football. And the Everton guys are not really that good on the road. They're going to have to show some real metal, some real um, fortitude in order to come away from at least with at least a point from Liverpool. Now, Scotland's got a somewhat full schedule on Wednesday as well in the SPL. Aberdeen up in the Highlands is going to host the Rangers. Celtic will be at home in, in Glasgow against Hamilton. It'll be Livingston traveling to Hearts. St. Johnstone leaving the confines of Perth and going to Kilmarnock. It'll be Hibernian going to Ross County. And then St. Mirren is going to host Motherwell. In League 1. French League, Saint-Étienne is going to host Nice on Wednesday. Dijon will host Montpellier. Rems is going to go to Amiens. Monaco will be on the road, and they're going to go to Toulouse. Monaco needs to get its acting gear. They're down toward the bottom of the table. They shouldn't be there. Monaco needs to get going, and they, if they can get a win at Toulouse, that would be a great shot in the arm for them indeed. So we'll watch that game, Monaco at Toulouse. Rennes is going to travel to Metz, and then PSG will be at home in Paris, and they're going to play Nance. And then on Thursday, you've got Sheffield hosting Newcastle. The Magpies going in there, and they need a win on the road because they've got some problems. And you've got Arsenal hosting Brighton Hove. Of course, Arsenal's got a new coach uh, that they, uh, that they uh, took on the other day. They got rid, rid of Udovai Emery, and so Arsenal will be at home against Brighton Hove. Uh, just to say that uh, there's a nice game there to start off with as, a, as an interim coach, uh, not a bad deal because Brighton Hove not that strong. Arsenal should win at home. Be interesting to see how he works his personnel to get him on the field. Of course, Arsenal brought in the, uh, the famed Swede, uh, Gerardin, who uh, coached or played at Arsenal and then also uh, – was a favorite of the fans, so we'll see how he works out in the interim caretaker uh, role there. So once again, we uh, went over the Euro 2020 draw for uh, the next round, and again, just to uh, give you an idea of what uh, what the teams were, in case you missed that part of the program, uh, Italy and Wales are being picked by myself to come out of Group A. Uh, my pick for Group B is Belgium and Russia to come out of that group. Group C, Ukraine and Holland coming out. Group D, England and Czech Republic. Group E, Spain and Poland. 
In Group F, the group of death, it's going to be France, I think, and Portugal, leaving Germany one point short of coming out of there uh, to go ahead into the next round. We shall see what happens. It will be very interesting. Some good talent there in the next round of the Euro 2020, which is going to come up here toward the beginning of the spring. That's going to do it for Kicks and Dribbles for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Dan McClay. Lauren McClay is the uh, producer of the show. Uh, John Dang does the sound. And DC McClay contributes ideas as usual for every program. Once again, we thank you for tuning in. We will be back with you on Friday. In the meantime, don't let your life have a whole lot of yellow cards.